Are you a fan of zombies, magic, dark comedy, and government conspiracies? Then you'll enjoy the new serial podcast, Dead Serious, Memoirs of an Undead Loser. Created by writer Travis Diffenderfer, Dead Serious unfolds a tale of witchcraft, the undead, and the secrets behind the end of the world through the recovered audio journals of the last known survivors of the zombie apocalypse. Season 1 is available now on Anchor and Apple Podcasts. Binge the whole thing at once and have your brains tantalized before they're devoured. For more information, go to www.deadseriouspod.com. Dead Serious, Memoirs of an Undead Loser. Spread the word, the undead army needs you. Hey guys, this is Mike Shea, and I want to talk to you about Anchor. Yes, Anchor is the brand new free way for you to get your podcast career off and running without any cost to you. Simply download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast to give you everything you need in one place for free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds play magnifique without having to worry about all the costly setup. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all of that. And you can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. They set you up with awesome sponsors. All you got to do is record a script, kind of like what I'm doing now, throw it onto your show and start making money. Once again, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get your podcast career off and running right now. Just do it already. Grab a drink, pull up a chair, and settle in, because you're in the Basement Lounge. Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Basement Lounge. I am hanging out on the phone lines with uh, a comedian who, you know you know what, we're just going to let her tell us where she calls home now, because she's moved recently. Uh, Jane Sullabarger is on the phone. How you doing, Jane? I'm doing great, Mike. How are you? I, I am doing fantastic. It's good to get you on here. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna kick right into this. So you moved recently. I did. Um, I'm in Bushwick, Brooklyn, right now. What took you now? And you were originally you were originally over here in Ohio, right? Yeah. Um, I I have an internship in Manhattan right now as a production assistant for um, like a women's wear uh, clothing company called Neely Loton. So I am living in Bushwick for the next four months and commuting back and forth and running all over Midtown and getting so many blisters. And, um, but I really love it so far. Um, I lived in New York before, but not in Brooklyn and I don't know, it's a nice neighborhood and I'm really enjoying it so far. Yeah. So how did you, how did you, we'll talk about doing stand-up in a, in a little while, but let's, let's, let's stay on this, on this fashion thing. So how did you first get into this? Fashion? Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like a lot of fashion designers, they all kind of say the same thing where they'll be like, oh, like I would make clothes for my Barbies and like, like, like it's they're the only person in the universe who ever did that and I'm like that's called being seven like that's not <laughs> like that's not a, that's not a new thing everyone did that I don't know it just it just made the most sense um 
And uh, I also speak French, so those two things definitely seem to marry, and it just made sense, and it's something that I feel I'm good at, and it makes me happy, and I get paid to do it, so why not? So, and you said you're you're working, uh, doing stuff in women's fashion. What kind of stuff are you doing? Um, it's, uh, the company's called Neely Lotan, and it's, like, it's, like, high price point, luxury, minimalist women's wear, and I don't know, today was only my third day, um, but I get to see a lot of, like, what happens behind the scenes, so I'm basically just running around to different factories and meeting a lot of people and picking stuff up and dropping stuff off, and, um, yeah, like I said, getting a lot of bushers, um, <laughs> so I'll definitely have to invest in some issues, but. So you said you've, you've lived in New York before, but it's your first time in Brooklyn. What do you, what do you think of Brooklyn so far? Um, I really love it. Um, I'm in the middle of like a really nice neighborhood in Bushwick. Um, I was like kind of hesitant to move here because a couple of years ago it was pretty dangerous, but it's up and coming and it's really nice. And, um, I don't know. It's just very like difficult to get around. Like Midtown is so convenient and I feel like there's no reliable public transportation, but um, I get myself from point A to point B eventually. So my general rule of thumb is that everything just takes 40 minutes. Just, just say like 40 minutes to get to work, 40 minutes to go to the grocery store, 40 minutes to go to the laundromat. Like that's, that's a, just like, that's a good consistency to have though. So it's easier to plan your day, I guess. Yeah. So, um, let's talk about, let's talk about the stand up thing. Um, uh, I come from a stand-up background myself. I do stand-up. How did you first get into uh, into joke telling? I don't know. I mean, I feel like it. It's just something that kind of happened to me. Like I feel like a lot of things in my life just happened to me, and I'm just like, okay, like just rolling with the punches. Um, but I was out one night and I was at this place in Northside called Chameleon. And I don't know if you know Mike Holinsky, but he's a hilarious stand-up comedian. Oh, I know Mike. Um, yeah, he's fantastic. Um, yeah, shout out to Mike. Um, he hosts the stand-up uh, open mic on Thursdays at Chameleon. And my friends were like, oh, you got to go up there. And I'm like, I'm just going to go up there. And like, it's going to be like, I like to joke that like people watching me do stand up is like being a woman breastfeed in a restaurant because it's free, it's interesting, but no one should enjoy it. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just I got up there, I just I, I just like battled off stuff about like being from Boston and people thought it was funny, so I kept doing it. And uh I'm trying I currently I live with a woman who hosts uh an open mic every Wednesday, so I might I might do something next week, but I feel like the stand up scene in Brooklyn is a lot more competitive, so Well yeah, you're we'll kind see what of, happens. You're kind of, you know, on the front lines there, you know, being in, in the New York area, that's aside from Los Angeles. I mean, New York is pretty cutthroat when it comes to stand up. Um, it's okay. I mean I went um on like Saturday. So it, it was just an open mic because that's that's really all I go to. Um, it, 
I I don't know. It was okay. I feel like stand like open mics can be kind of like a hit or miss. Um, but I definitely had a couple like belly laughs. But you know, doing some really dumb. Open mics are like that. I I've I've been doing it long enough that like I I'm not over like I'm not I'm not saying like oh I've been doing this too long to do open mics anymore. God no, no one's over, ever over it. But it's just I can definitely say like I've been doing it long enough that now when I go to an open mic I know what to expect and it's it's not my favorite thing but I also understand why it's important to go to those. Yeah, I mean that's really that's how most people start out too. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's 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 the only way to start. Now, when you you get yeah. to you get to a point where doing an open mic is like you go there to work on something specific. It's a but... rite of passage. Oh, absolutely. Um, I feel like actually no, I feel like bombing is a rite of passage. Oh, oh yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's for sure. I uh, I was I was lucky enough, and I, I guess I would say I was unlucky enough that my very first show ever wasn't at an open mic it was it was for a, I was in high school and it was for a talent show and I did really well but that gave me uh-huh. kind of unrealistic expectations so that the next time I did a show was for some I did a, most of my first shows were for events at the high school but my next show was at like some some school event and I bombed so hard and so I because I'd uh-huh. had that first show go so well I wasn't ready for it so I will agree with you bombing is is 100% a, a right of yeah. passage that's weird the exact same thing happened to me because like the first time I did stand up I feel like I had all of this like nervous energy and I was like okay I just have to like get this over with so I was like talking super fast and like I don't know but apparently it went well enough and like the second time I did it I was like oh like yeah like I'm the shit like these guys they don't even know what they're about to see and I got up there and I just got no laughs. It was a nightmare. <laughs> I uh, I talked about this with one of my other guests uh, uh, earlier in the season. Uh, we talked about how it's almost as if, um, it's almost like I don't know. You ever you ever get off stage or try to think back to a show you had and you just can't remember anything that happened? You can't remember anything. <laughs> It's like I remember. It just feels like I'm like I probably just had a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> the gun for the mic had an aneurysm. Like, <laughs> I I'll I'll go I'll watch back videos of, of of sets that I did. And it's like I don't remember saying any of that. Yeah, I feel the same way. I can I can remember them saying coming to the stage, and then I can remember saying thank you, good night, and that's I don't know. Yeah. That's weird. Um, have you done? Yeah, any, have, or like, Go ahead. I always watch back videos. Sorry, I watch back videos of myself, and like I'll tell a joke that I feel like is really bad, and like everyone will laugh, and I'm like, why is that funny? <laughs> and then I'll tell a joke that I'm like, ooh, like this is gonna be the kicker, and then it's it's just cricket. I I have definitely told my fair share of, like I've I've had joke ideas where it's like this joke sucks, no one's gonna laugh at this, but I it's in my head, so I know I have to tell it. And I'll go tell it, yeah. and it'll it'll do well. And I'll be like, "No, why are you laughing at that? That's not funny." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sons of bitches, laugh at my funny stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you uh, have you had a chance to? How long have you been doing stand up now? Um, like like six months, on and off. So have you had a chance to maybe? Have you had a chance to do like like a competition or anything yet? Any of the stand up competitions? No, um, 
I mean, I have had the opportunity, but I've always said no because I feel like I'm, like, I'm just, like, this new money. Like, I don't, I don't belong there yet. <laughs> I think that's I think I think that's subjective. I just did my first one this year. Um, no way! Yeah, you've been doing this a while. Yeah, it's they they scare. I'm I, I'm a complete puss. They scare the crap out of me. I'm a chicken shit when it comes to competitions. And, oh yeah, no, me too. Um, I mean, I, I did I did pretty well, but still, it was one. Of the, and like, I definitely want to do it again now that I've now that I've popped that cherry. But at the same time, it's just like I don't know how. I know people who just go and just do every competition they can, and I'm like, I don't have the emotional fortitude for that. Yeah. What's like the frame of reference? What's the, like, how, how do they gauge, like, oh, this guy is funnier than this guy or funnier than this guy? Or Well, the way, the way we do, because we have, we have one that the club here in town hosts, and the way they do it is um, the first round is actually four different shows because it's over two days, Friday and Saturday. Um, Friday, yeah. there, Friday, there's a seven o'clock and a, and a nine o'clock show. Saturday, there's a seven o'clock and a nine o'clock show. And everybody who comes into the show to watch gets a voting sheet and they have to pick three different comedians who are their top three favorites. And then they collect, okay. and then they collect the, the, they go around, they collect everybody's votes at the end. And then they usually have a headliner performing who's not in the competition. Um, and while, mm-hmm. while they're performing, they tally the votes and then they take the top three from each round and move them to the finals, which are on Sunday. And then okay. the judging on Sunday is crowd vote counts for 50%. And then the other 50% is there's actually a panel of judges and they just pick their their three favorites, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that's just the way Sorry. we do ours. I don't know how other places do it. Um, I would imagine it's something similar. but Probably. It makes the most sense. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, and a lot of that can be dependent on because, you know, we we had a guy who brought like 50 people to the show. Um, so he was guaranteed those 50 votes from the people he brought. Now, granted, they also had to pick other people they liked. But and it wasn't like he wasn't funny, but there is still that element of like, you know, if you don't bring anybody, you're you're at a bit of a disadvantage, especially in the first round. Mm-hmm. So but yeah, I it was it was fun because. Like the crowd was a hundred percent in because sometimes you get the especially in open mics you get crowds who aren't there for comedy they're there just to hang out and so you're not going to get a good reaction out of them. Yeah. But when you go to a competition, they're there to laugh. So. Yeah. I don't know. I think once you get past a year, I think maybe you should give it a shot. Once you get to that, once you get that first year under the under your belt, you know, and you got a good solid five minutes, I think you should go take take a shot at it. You might have, you yeah, might surprise yeah, yeah. yourself. Yeah, still working on it. But you're busy, you know. You're busy. You're 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 doing. You're you're also you know because you're doing the fashion thing. Um, now you you yeah, have. I wear a lot. Of hats. You what? I wear a lot of hats. You wear... I do a lot of different things. <laughs> um, you. Uh, I wish I wore a lot of hats. You... I'm not a hat person. See, I love hats. I have a huge head, so I can't wear hats. But I love hats. Yeah, I have a really big head too. <laughs> You uh you have a you have a a, a a gentleman in your life, I believe. I do, I do. Um, oh, you said that yeah, so exasperated. <laughs> Just like yeah, no, I, I do. Sound, I was trying to sound wistful, like yeah, I do. <laughs> like how long uh, how long have you guys been together? Two and a half years. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Is he there with you in uh, in in New York? No, he's not, and Lame. I'm so sad every day. 
Um, yeah, um, so he's still in Ohio, but he's going to come out and visit me. And um, I don't know, last time I was here, I was here for uh, a different internship. He came and visited me twice, and it it was not enough, and we just oh. missed each other a bunch. Yeah, um, no, but we, we keep in touch, and we will call or FaceTime nightly, but he's busy. He's an animator, so oh. he, has, he has a lot in his feet right now. Oh, and cool. We have we have plenty of distractions. So yeah, how is he with the whole? I mean, I'm I'm assuming he's pretty he's pretty supportive with the with the fashion thing. How is he with the stand up thing? Um, it was kind of like I think he thought I was kidding at first because he wasn't with me the first night I did it. So I texted him at like two in the morning, mm-hmm. and I was like, I was like, guess what? Like I just did stand up. And he probably thought I, like, got there and just, like, I don't know, just, like, had a stroke or something. And I thought that's not funny. Uh, anyway, but I, like, told him, he was like, you did what? Like, I don't know. And he was kind of like, like, yeah, you're funny, but, like, are you that funny? Oh, and- wow. Yeah, and it was really annoying because the first time he came to see me stand up, that was like the first time I bombed. Oh no! Yeah, and I think it was like because he was in the audience, and I was like, okay, like now I have to do like extra, extra, extra good job because he's in the audience, and I just, I just bombed, and I had to do the whole like I swear I'm funny and. The next time I did it, I, I got to laugh, and oh, he and I will, like, write jokes together, and he actually, he tried it, too, and he he did really well. His name is Shadow Wolf. Wait, wait, so wait, what? Yeah, yeah, am I allowed to say his name? Yeah, it's, it's up to him, then you, and not yeah. me, it's fine with me. But. Yeah, no, his his name, that's, that is on his birth certificate, That is that is a true fact. Is um is he, is he Native American? No, that's, <laughs> I thought the same thing. We met on Tinder, and it was like, like I was swiping, and I see this guy named Shadow, and I don't know. I was kind of just like feeling very like cynical at that point because like <laughs> the thing with Tinder is that like you have to like kiss a lot of frogs before you kiss your prince, and like at this point I had like fucked the whole swamp. And, <laughs> Yeah, it was like, this is my swamp now. <laughs> um, yeah, um, and I was like, all right, I'll go out with this guy. Like, it'll be funny, and he's going to listen to this, and he's going to he's gonna hate me. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but I was like, this guy's going to be, like, a magician or a Native American or, like, some kind of stripper, and we went on our first date, and we, like, completely hit it off, and... Uh, yeah, the rest of history. Two and a half years later, we're still joking about his name. <laughs> that is fantastic. You you would think, because because uh, you know Tinder is you know the most shallow of of the dating apps I think out there. Um, it's like shopping for people. It is. You really are. You're you're walking down the well, people aisle. Have you aisle. ever used it? Oh, I'm on it right now. I don't match with anybody, but uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's it is. It's it's very. It's but. To see someone whose name is Shadow, you almost feel yeah. like you have to swipe right. It's like, I yeah, I need like, to know oh, more this about that. This is gonna that. be good. This is gonna be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Are you a are you a are you a naturally curious person? A curious person? Yeah, I would say so. So when you see somebody with the name Shadow, you're just like, I need to know everything about this person. Yeah, okay. Tell me all your secrets. Like <laughs> So, so you you do the fashion thing, you do stand up thing, which are which are good useful talents. But let me ask you this: Do you have any like supremely useless talents, like something you you're really good at that serves no purpose whatsoever? I can hold my breath for a real long time. Oh lord. <laughs> um, useless talents. I don't know. I I mean, like I said, I've like worn a lot of different hats in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was, I want to say like. 13 uh i was in the circus what (laughs) yeah i was in the circus i was a contortionist oh Um, tell me all about that (laughs) you can't see right now um but i have uh uh you could you can look it up um i have like hyperextension in my elbows so Mm -hmm. they uh they like bend the wrong way so i i can basically what that means is i can turn like my arm in its socket like 360 degrees oh so um so i'm really good at that uh but uh, useless talents i don't know i can i can do a headstand uh i mean i think that qualifies i'm as really useless. good at making you're really good at you i mean i think standing on your head might qualify as useless because when is that going to get you out of like a bad scenario Wait, I didn't hear that. Like, I think that uh, standing on your head could be considered as being useless because uh, when is that going to get you out of, like, a life or death scenario? I, I don't know. You can be, like, <laughs> standing on your head. I don't know. Some people do it for, like, clarity or if they have a headache, you stand on That will probably make your headache worse, but... That's true. I don't know. Like, you know, like you Google, like, how to get rid of a headache, and there's like a million just like useless things. Or you go into like WebMD and it's like, have a headache? You probably have colon cancer. Like, <laughs> take, this, yeah. take this pill for your for your itchy, watery eyes, may cause breast cancer. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you, you did the circus, you did the, you, you did the contortionist thing. Did you ever get injured while you were doing that? No, it was for a very short amount of time. Um, it was just for like a few weeks one summer, and uh, it was kind of like over as soon as it began. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was. It was definitely like thinking back on it. I was like, oh yeah, that was weird. Um, yeah, so that's one of my that's one of my useless talents is the elbow thing. You said uh, you said you do baking. I love to bake. The Great British Bake Off is like if I'm ever stressed or nervous or like need to put something on, just like the Great British Bake Off is my go-to. I want Mary Berry to be my grandma. <laughs> you ever had any like major screw-ups in the kitchen when you were baking something? Um. Oh my god, probably. I've definitely had like explosions and. Uh, Major screw-ups in the kitchen. Oh, I did. I went to the hospital once. I uh, sliced off the top of my thumb. Oh. Um, yeah, I was, I was like, slicing up, like, an apple for something. And um, I, like, cut off the top of my thumb. 
and I like didn't realize for like probably a minute, and then I saw it, and you like you know when you see something like that, and then everything just happens in slow motion. <laughs> like, I yeah. saw that, and I was like, oh, oh, and then my mom came in, and she was like, oh, oh, sweetheart, like we have to. So what's yeah. your what's your what's your go to thing to bake in the kitchen? Like what's your what's the one thing you're just like I love baking that? Oh, uh, I love baking bread. You love baking? Oh, I love homemade bread. Yeah. What kind it makes of the whole house smell good? No, I I love baking bread. And it's such like since it takes so long, like when it comes out of the oven, it's so gratifying. Oh, it's it's and I it's feel like, like if you if you tell people like, oh, I bake cookies. Or like I bake a really good pie. They're like, yeah, everyone does. But if you're like, I bake bread, they're like, whoa, <laughs> like she's on another level. Because uh, cookies, you can get the recipe off the off the box of the cho- the bag of the chocolate chips, but bread, yeah, uh, exactly. There's science involved in that. Yeah. My my, uh, my dad would always make would always make bread on Thanksgiving, and and before he passed, he taught my little brother. He tried to teach me. I'm pretty good in the kitchen. Bread, not so much. He uh, taught my little brother though yeah. how to make bread. So every year he makes a copious amount of it around Thanksgiving, and we just freeze it and have it for months. Oh, so good. Oh my god, that sounds so good. <laughs> um, yeah, everyone like has been turning their back on bread and like now I live in New York City so I see people like scooping out their bagels and like tossing out like like the middle of the bagel which is the best part oh, they just like throw on, it in people. the trash and I'm like you like there's a special place in hell for you he, <laughs> he, heathens, <laughs> heathens the lot of them huh I said heathens the lot of them yeah exactly um so with you being involved in fashion and and keeping an eye, I'm I'm assuming you keep an eye on fashion trends uh, now and again. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the like just the silliest dumbest things you've seen come into trend in uh, in fashion recently? Recently, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of like at a point where I'm like if if you wear it and it makes you happy, like there's there's really nothing I can do because I don't know. I mean, I I do enjoy looking at like red carpets and seeing like the best dress and the worst dress. Like I I don't know. I I feel like I was just looking at one recently. I can't think of anything like off the top of my head. Um, has there has there ever just been something you've seen people wear and you're just like, uh, why? I don't know. Like for some reason, I I'm never gonna be a fan of. I I think Birkenstocks are really ugly. <laughs> I do, I do, and everyone has a pair, and I just think that they're like the ugliest shoe <laughs> in the entire world. And my brother, he is like a a big like shoe collector, and he will go to like those sneaker drops and. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Like he'll he'll go and do sneaker drops, and like he'll spend like let's say he spends like two hundred dollars 
on like a pair of sneakers and then he'll wait for a couple months and the value will like exponentially grow. And like, I just think some of these sneakers are really ugly. And, I don't know. There's an interesting conversation surrounding it though, because like speaking to him, like I know we're getting probably super off topic right now, but there's no, there's no topic. <laughs> there's no topic. There's no topic. No topic in the basement lounge. No. Um, I was talking to him about it and he was like, I'm just like a, like he, he's just in it for the money. And like, there are probably are people who care about the design and like the, the story behind like wearing these shoes. But I don't know, people will get angry at people who just are in it for the money because they're like, Oh, you're not respecting like the culture and like the, the story. Like, I don't know, but half the people who go to these things, cause I went to one with him. Um, I had to like enter a raffle in order to have the opportunity to like purchase these sneakers. And he like, he was like, hey, if you do this, like, I'll give you half of the money once we sell them. And I was like, okay, like, I don't care. But I, like, got in there, and people were, like, protesting, and I don't know. That's, that's like, an interesting corner of fashion that I haven't really explored. So where do you – so staying on footwear, where where do you fall on the whole uh, soccer uh, – uh, not so- soccers? What the hell? Uh, sandals with socks. I love sandals with socks. Really? I wore sandals with socks today. Wow. That's yeah, the first, to work. That's the, <laughs> that's the first time I've ever heard somebody like go to bat for sandals and socks. No, I'm, I am pro sandals with socks. They're, they're like platform sandals. So they're, they're, it's like a nice sandal. Oh, so, and, so they're um, basically shoes. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. 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 I, mean, I, I would call it a sandal. I mean, yeah, but, I I see that kind of stuff all the time. Like if if it's like a slide with a sandal, like I don't know. I I just kind of appreciate that for its camp value at that point. Like it's like socks and sandals. Just like so. What about Crocs? I don't have a problem with them. No. Like they're they're becoming. I don't know. I'll see. There's like these challenge videos. Like you can go on YouTube. And, like, Google, like, I had to style a week's worth of outfits, like, with Crocs. Oh. And they they make it look cute. I, I mean, I, I was never a Crocs person because, like, like, growing up, if you wore Crocs, like, people wouldn't talk to you. Like, you were, you were gross. I remember but, those days. Yeah. No, I, I never really had Crocs. I just. I tried wearing them once. I didn't think they were comfortable, so I said no. No, I got all the little boxes on inside. I don't like that. Mm-mm, no, not a fan. There's like pebbles in the shoe. So we're getting we're wrapping up here, Jane. Uh, we're we're coming to the end of, of what we're doing here. Um, real quick, is there? Can you look back on you know because you're you're at you're you're how old now, Jane? I'm 22. You're 22. So you're in that crucial step where you know you're you're getting thrust out into the, into the world of being an adult. It sucks. Don't do it. Stay in school forever. Um, uh, but is there, is there a point where you can look at now where you're here doing this fashion and this comedy thing? And as you, as you've said a couple of times, you, you've, you've worn a lot of hats. Can you look back and on maybe just like one, maybe one or two events in your life that you feel have had the biggest impact on where you're at right now? Um, I don't know. 
I have to pick two. One or two. Whatever, whatever, what have you got? Some people like to be able to have more than one. Some people just want one. But is just is there anything yeah. you can look back on? Yeah. Um. I don't know. We didn't really get an opportunity to talk about this, but um, I do. Uh, growing up, I would travel a lot, and I had the opportunity um, to go to Israel with my family, and oh. there were. I feel like I heard like every language there and I have this huge love for languages. And if I, if I had a superpower, it would be to speak every single language. If you you had a choice between speaking every language and speaking to animals, which would it be? Languages for sure. Languages. Oh yeah. Like if you have an animal, like if you have a pet in your house and it starts like making some kind of noise, you can figure out pretty quickly what it wants. Like, (laughs) True. Like, pet me, pick me up, put me down, feed me, I have to poop. Like, it's, I don't know. I, I would really love to speak every language. So, um, in the past, I don't know. Like, I, I've spoken French for about 10 years and Spanish for eight. And, oh, wow. um, yeah, from time to time, I'll speak a little German with my dad. So, I, I speak a fair amount and I, I want to learn more, but I think. I don't know. I think it, that's being like being able to speak so many languages has definitely given me a leg up in my professional career. Uh, I'm not, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know. I'm no, an intern right now. I, no, I follow um, you though. You're you're getting into an yeah, industry. Yeah, in, in a professional environment, I'm, I'm able to communicate with a lot of different people, and just, like I don't know. It just it just opened a lot of doors for me. Realizing that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so maybe not one experience, but being able to, being able to travel so much and, um, uh, and I guess fashion, I kind of realized that I wanted to do that. Um, my grandmother, she, um, I visit her once every couple of weeks and she was a runway model for Carl Lagerfeld and Ralph Lauren. Yo. And like one pic- yeah, um, there's like one picture of her. And she's like on this catwalk and she's gorgeous. Like it's like pants and this, and she has like a hat and everything. And she just looks like a million bucks. And I was like, like, I want to do that. Like that probably sounds like the most cliche thing, but I don't know. Everyone, everyone has something that's like, like, Oh, that's the most cliche, but it's cliche for a reason. Yeah, cliches exist for a reason, and you, you Jane, are are a very worldly person, and and that's that's rare for someone who you know you're not just a comedian. You're also you're also working in fashion, and and you're apparently a former contortionist for the circus, and you're a baker, <laughs> and you're you're a, you're a we've said it we've said it several times. It's probably going to be the title of this episode. You're a person of many hats. And, uh, and, many and I think, I think that's fantastic. I don't think we see enough of that nowadays. Um, we, we probably didn't touch on everything there is to touch on with Jane today, but that just means we'll have to have her back on the show. Uh, Jane, if you, next time you're in Ohio, we need to make time for you to come down to the studio and, or just get you on the phone again. Um, it has yeah, been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. It's been a pleasure being on the show, Mike. I'm glad we could do this. Uh, Jane, where can the people find you online if they felt so inclined? 
Um, you can find me uh, the only place I'm comfortable having people see me on the internet is Instagram. I'm at Jane from Boston. Jane from um, Boston. All lowercase. You can find me there. Jane from Boston. Jane from Boston on Instagram, guys. Make sure you go follow her on Instagram. Uh, if you're in, if you're in the Brooklyn area, keep an eye out at the open mics. You might see Jane there from time to time. Uh, in the meantime, Jane, uh, good luck with the internship. Good luck in Brooklyn. Thank you. Um, and uh, we will hopefully have you on again sometime soon. I love that. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it as well. All right, guys, Jane Solaberger, that is going to do it for today's episode of The Basement Lounge. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, you can check me out online at my website, www.mikeshaycomedy.com. Click the podcast tab to get more information about this show. And, of course, like, rate, subscribe, all that good stuff. And we will see you guys again next Friday, same time, same channel. In the meantime, live well, rock on, take care, and bye-bye.